How y'all doing? All righty, wonderful. How many of y'all are more excited about the movie than this sermon? Yeah. All right. Me too, maybe. I don't know. Um, uh, my name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors here at One Church. And if this is your first time, uh, we want to say thank you so much for being here. I know we have quite a few uh, people who this is their first time because uh, they've been serving our country overseas. And I just want to say thank you so much. It is an honor. It is an honor to uh, do this with your families a week in and week out. And it is an honor, especially today, that you're here. And I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Uh, last week, we started this new series called Summer Lovin'. And uh, we're having a good time with this series already. In fact, this series has kind of wrecked... Uh, me already. And last week we talked about that we all have expectations and we all have desires. And that what's in these uh, in this desires box? I mean, we have a lot of things that we think of. We think about what type of house we're going to have, you know, when we, you know, get married and um when we're dating, we think about wow, when I get married, I'm going to be able to afford a really cool sports car. Yeah, right. And um we have uh, ideas of who's going to be making the money. Um, we have uh, these ideas of, uh, and these dreams and these visions of that our spouse won't wear something this large to bed. Um, we also, ladies, uh, you have this dream and vision also of what your spouse won't wear to bed. Get her done. All right. Um, we have a, we just, we have an idea. You know what? We talked about kids and we're going to have our first child, our first year marriage and Maybe we're going to wait five years before we have kids, and maybe there's enough kids in the world already, so we're not going to do that. And we just have all of these dreams, these wishes and desires when you show up at the altar. That when you're there and, you know, he is holding the rings and you're holding your bouquet and you look your best. Both of you, even though nobody sees it, you have this box of desires. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having dreams and wishes and desires about what, you know, what you're thinking about a marriage. We talked about that last week. The problem is that many of us, we get these ideas of, you know, what, what's going to happen, and we, we move them from desires to expectations. And we start dumping our desires on our spouse, on our mate, and they start feeling pressure of expectations. And we talked about that when this happens, something insidious happens to the relationship. That what was really good and really exciting before starts feeling like a burden, and you start, you enter into with your spouse to a debt-debtor relationship in which that you expect that they owe you something. You know what? I have these expectations now. You know, we talked about, you know, we were going to go on vacation. And, yeah, gas is $4 a gallon. But when is it going to happen this summer? We talked about, you know, we were going to have this type of house, you know, once we're married for so long. And, you know, isn't it time to upgrade, dear? Um, are we there yet? And we start, you know, and, and what was really good, God-given, great things now become expectations and we have this debt-debtor relationship where we try to manage, hey, this is what you owe me. This is what I can expect from a husband. This is what I can expect from my wife. I can expect this. Or I, I expect this. Not, nothing wrong here, but here something happens. 
And last week, we, we asked the question, imagine. Imagine what a marriage would look like if everything here was put back over here again. Everything. Imagine a relationship where this box was empty. How would it feel? How would it feel? And we ended last week with a question. Anybody remember the question? We asked and asked the question. And by the way, the answer to this question is going to determine what's in here and how to get here back into desires. What's in your expectations? But here was the question. The question was simply this. What does your spouse owe you? What does your spouse owe you? That was our question. And I hope you did the homework last week. I hope you worked on that. And let me just say this. If you're new, if this is your first time at church, maybe you've been at church, but you kind of got bumped around. I want to preface this. Um, The answer to this um, really is not going to make any sense to you unless you have a relationship with Jesus. Now, we're very excited that you're here, but I know when I'm unpacking this and we start talking about the answer to this, you're going to give me some pushback, and you should, because everything that we're talking about today, has it's, it's hinged upon whether you have a relationship with God, whether you're a Christ follower. Um, so as we ask and answer, what does your spouse owe you, if you're like, you know what, I don't really know about God, and I really don't know about the Bible stuff, and... This church seems, yeah, I just don't know. I understand that. And you're not going to like what I'm going to have to say. But I'm going to say it anyway because it's God's Word. So um, the answer, what does your spouse owe you? The answer, nothing. Nothing. Your spouse owes you absolutely nothing. Think about that. Nothing that when you have these two big me's in marriage and your marriage starts with a big M and ends with an E and it's just me and when me's come together and we say, you know what, my desires are expectations, what you find out is in your expectations box is the answer to that question, what does your spouse owe you? And a Christian marriage, the answer is absolutely nothing. let me tell you what a Christian marriage is not. A Christian marriage is not throwing Bible darts. Y'all know what a Bible dart is? It's where um, you find verses in the Bible that apply to your spouse and not to you. You know what I'm talking about? Well, the Bible tells me to submit. Yeah, I'm supposed to submit, huh? Well, the Bible tells me you're supposed to love me like Christ loved the church. You know? Uh, well, uh, God says that you're supposed to love unconditionally. You know? That's not a Christian marriage. Let me tell you what type of marriage that is. That's a big me marriage with a cross hanging around its neck. And that's still centered on what I want and my desires and my dreams and really my expectations. But a Christian marriage, ask and answer the question, what does my spouse owe me? And the answer is absolutely nothing. You may be thinking, well, where do you get that? Where do you get that? Well, it's found all through the Bible, but it's primarily found in this little book, a little letter in the New Testament called Ephesians. So if you would, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians chapter 5, 
We're going to start at verse 21. And if you don't have your Bibles today, or if you can't read them because it's pitch black, um, it's going to be on the screen. Um, And we're going to look at this. And we're going to talk about what do you get that they owe me nothing. Let's look at it. Ephesians 5.21 says this. This is uh, Paul's introductory statement to his marriage talk. All right? Here it is. says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, the word submit simply means I'm going to make your desires and wishes a priority over my own. Submit simply means I'm going to place your desires, your wishes, and your dreams over mine. That I'm going to work on satisfying you and not me. So that's what submit means. So let's go back to that scripture. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's saying, you know what, I'm going to find out what's in your dreams, wishes, and desires box, and I'm going to try to the best of my ability to make your dreams, wishes, and desires come Submit to one another. Now, you would think, if this was talking about marriage, it would say submit to one another out of reverence for your spouse. You see, the solution to a big me in marriage is not to replace the me with your spouse's name. It's not to replace it with Kim. It's not to replace it with Chris or Nick or Cindy. It's not to replace it with the spouse. What a Christian marriage looks like It says, submit to one another, not out of reverence for the other person, but out of reverence for who? Christ. Now, reverence, what does reverence mean? Reverence means, whoa. Let's say that together. That was kind of fun. You ready? Whoa. All right. That's what reverence is. Reverence is awe. It's respect. It's awe. All right? It is, it's like, wow. So, He's saying you need to submit to one another not because you, whoa, your spouse, but because you, whoa, Jesus Christ. It's like, if I can kind of tease this out a little bit, it's like if you had a conversation with God and you're talking to God and you say this, Jesus, I want to let you know I am so grateful that you're my Savior. I'm so grateful that you saved me. And i got to be honest with you, I used to be a jerk and my sin just always came into my relationship with you, and it broke that relationship. And, and sin broke all of my relationships. I was just busted up. I was a jacked-up person. And, uh, but Jesus, you loved me even in my jacked-up nature. And you just gave your son to me. And your son died on the cross for me because I, I couldn't get rid of this sin issue, and I owed this debt. And you just said, you know what, I forgive it all. And you just loved me so much. You just poured out your love on me. And you just lavished me with your grace and mercy. And even though I deserved punishment, I deserved an eternity apart from you, you didn't give me what I deserved. But you gave me your love. And I just want to say, thank you, thank you, God. I'm so grateful. I love you so much. And I wish I could do something to just... Just, just tell you how much I'm grateful. I wish I could show you how I'm, how grateful I am, Jesus. And and Jesus responds back, "Are you serious? I mean, do you really mean the words you're saying? Yeah, Jesus, I do. I just, I'm so grateful for what you've done to me and how you didn't give me what I deserved and you love me unconditionally. You're serious about, you know, you know, showing how much you love me? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then here's what I want you to do, Chris." Here's what I want you to do. 
I want you to take all of that gratefulness that you feel to me and all of the love that you feel to me and that ushy-gushiness that you feel to me right now. And I want you to take those feelings and those actions and I want you to pour it out on your wife. Is there anything else I can do, God? You know, can I can I just give eleven percent? Can I go on a mission trip? You know, why do we have to bring her into it? I mean, you died for me and you love me so much. It's just me and you, you know. And Jesus says, no. You see, this feeling you have towards me. Yeah, and I have those feelings towards you. I want you to pour those same feelings out on your spouse. Uh, What? You you mean to tell me that I can't have a messed up relationship with my wife and us be getting along? You mean to tell me that, you know, I cannot get along with my wife, and if I don't get along with my wife, I'm not going to get along with you? That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, all right, I guess. I really want to pour it on you. If you want to pour it on me, Jesus said, you pour it on your spouse. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, you, you, you give it to them because what God has gave to you. You know that same, um, Jesus says, you know that same debt-free relationship you and I have? That you owed me all of this stuff because of your sin, but I canceled it. yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to earn it. Yeah. I want you to give that same debt-free relationship to your spouse. That gone. That's a little hard. That's a little hard. You know, it's easy to say we can love this being that we can't see, but we know he's there. But see, God says, I want you to just shower your love to somebody who is there in your marriage because I put him there. I put her there. You want to get specific. And Paul wants to get specific. So he goes down to verse 22. And he says this. And I'll be answering, uh, this, this is for ladies, and uh, this is uh, not a very fun verse. It says this, Wives, <clears throat> Wives, submit to your husbands because they're great. Submit to your husband. Noah. <laughs> Submit to your husbands because they're awesome. Submit to, hu- to your husbands because they have a fine six-pack abs. Submit to your husbands because they're never, ever going to take advantage of you. Submit to your husbands because they're great. Su- no, it doesn't say that. What does it say? Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Mm. Submit to your husbands as to God. God says, wives? Yeah? Um, you know how you have this wonderful submissive relationship to me? You're like, yeah, of course I do. I mean, it's easy to submit to you, God. You're just all that, and you're perfect, and you're lovely, and you're never harsh, and you never have any unkind words, and you just you love me unconditionally. That's right. God says, that's right. That same unconditional love that I give you, 
I want you to give your husband. And you go, God, have you been listening? Have you been watching this relationship? Do you know how messed up this dude was before I got my hands on him? And God says, listen, you were messed up too before I got my hands on you. The same debt, debt-free relationship you and I have, I want you to have with your spouse. Well, and we go on, all right? Look at the next verse. It says, Husbands, love your wives because they're always lovable. Love your wives because they always cook. They always clean. They always, they're always, they, you know, they always look lovely in the morning. No, it doesn't say that. It says, Husbands, love your wives how? Just as Christ loved the church. It's like God saying this to us, fellas. Guys, listen. Love your wives how I have loved you. We're the church. Love your wives like I have loved you. How have I loved you? Well, you know, you gave yourself for me and you died for me and you you just you just you were so self sacrificing. You didn't worry about your own plans and desires. Um, but you laid down your own and you just loved me unconditionally with no expectations. And God's going, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. And that same debt-free relationship that you and I have, that I want you to have that same type of relationship with your spouse. Now, just in case you just missed it, it says, as Christ loved the church and what? Gave. Gave himself up for her. Gave himself up. I mean, guys, we have to somehow communicate our love to our wives in such a way that they're more important than our gadgets, than our techno tools, than our plans, than our schedules, than our jobs, than our business, that they are more important than anything else to us in our life. We have to somehow communicate that to them. That they are more important than anything else. Because that's what Jesus did. 2,000 years ago, Jesus is in a garden and he's saying, God, I really don't want to die. But not, my, not what I want, but what you want. And God said, this is, what, this is how it has to be. Because if people want to enter into a relationship with God the Father, God's saying, you're going to have to die, Jesus. Because that is the penalty of sin. And Jesus says, I haven't sinned. I know, but they have. And they owe me. And you're going to enter into you're going to die so that they don't owe me anymore. That is how a Christian marriage looks like. That we are husbands, we are to love our wives just like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And that ladies, that we are that you are to submit to your husbands, not because they're great, but you're to submit to them because God. You know, you think why did God create marriage like this? Why did God design it? I mean, do you ever ask that question? Because God He created this thing called marriage. And it, this is the reason. And I can, I'm not going to be able to explain this clearly enough, but I'm going to attempt. 
God loves you so much that he wasn't just content by just saying, staying up in heaven and just being this great spirit and just saying, I love you so much. He sent Jesus as flesh and blood so that he could be literally God's hands and show us how much he loves us. And guess what? God loves your spouse so much that he wants to be incarnational. That's what that means, is to be God in in your marriage so much that how my wife experiences God's love the best shouldn't be by coming to a worship service and singing a song. It shouldn't be by reading her book or having some experience or, you know, I, I drove down the road and I saw a cloud that was in the shape of an angel, so I think God loves me. No. God wants to give us something so tangible that the best way that God can shower on His love to my wife is through me. That I channel God's love and I pour it all over her because God is spirit and He's saying, I want to be incarnational in your marriage. I want to go in and I want to just, I want to have this gratefulness that you have to me just pour through you and onto her. That how I experience God's love best is how my wife loves me. That's huge. It's a mystery. In fact, we read a little bit later in Ephesians uh, chapter 5 um, that says, um, I want to read this thing. Uh, I'll find it just that thing. Verse 32. This is a mystery. Talking about marriage. Is a, is a marriage mysterious to you guys? Yep. Well, God says it's supposed to be. All right. This is a mystery. Marriage is, but it says in verse 32, but it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. He said, you want to know how your spouse is just going to experience God's love? It's going to be because of through you. You're thinking, that's kind of heavy. I don't think I can live up to that. Now, before you freak out about that and all the pressure, just turn it around. How would you like to be the recipient of that kind of love? How would you like to be the recipient of that kind of love that says, you know what, baby? You know, I'm going to love you no matter if you do any of those things. I'm going to love you even if you don't fulfill any of my desires. And I'm not going to place the expectations on you anymore. I'm emptying it out because you don't owe me anymore. Not because of anything that you've done, but because of what Christ has done for me. And that's how it should be. Now, again, I know some of you, you're thinking this as we close. You're thinking, you know what, Chris? <laughs> that sounds great to say, you know, no expectations. And you just, you just put it all on your spouse and they can do it or not do it. But, you know, I've, I've been in a marriage before. And it didn't work out because I married Godzilla. All right? And you just don't know. And some of you, you have stories. You have those horror stories. You know what? I don't want to be um, unmerciful here and not feeling like that I'm not sympathetic, but I've heard those stories. You know, I'm a, I'm a pastor. People don't come to me when their marriages are great. Chris, I want to call you on the phone. My wife and I, were doing good. See ya. You know, it doesn't happen like that. I'm like the hospital. When people come see me, it's because <laughs> emotionally they're bleeding, all right, and they're going, oh, I could kill her. And, you know, she's going, oh, you know, I've tried to kill him and it didn't work. Um, you know, and they come to me and they're struggling and they're working, trying to work through this thing. I've heard all of the stories. 
And some of you, ladies, this is where you're, you're like, you know what, but you don't, my spouse isn't even here today. He's not in Iraq. He's not in Afghanistan. He's at home on the couch. Because this whole God thing, church thing, he just, or some of your spouses, they're, they're in another country. And you're just like, I'm really worried about when they get back. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know. And this is what you might be tempted to do, ladies. You have your expectations, and you tie a leash to it. And you try dragging. And you duct tape the leash to you, and you, you put wire around it, and you, it won't move, and you're trying to drag him. You're dragging and you're trying to drag him to do this and drag him to do that. And when somebody tries to drag you anywhere, especially if you're a guy, what do we do? We arch our backs. I'm not going to go. And when somebody tries to drag you somewhere, you know what it feels like? It's a drag. It's a drag. I know that's deep. You didn't write that down. All right. When you drag, that's a great picture, all right? You arch your back. I ain't going. You know what? The Bible answers that question. And it says this in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Ladies, and this applies to guys as well. So you may have a, a spouse who maybe is not here, and she doesn't know Jesus. She doesn't believe the whole Bible. I understand that. This is what the Bible says. It says, wives, in the same way, be there it is. submissive to your husband. But Jesus, you don't know. He's, he doesn't know you. Huh? So that if any of them do not believe in the Word, all right, they don't come to church, they don't have that relationship with Jesus, all right? So if they don't believe, look what it says, keep on going, that they may be won over without words. Ladies, everybody say it without words. I'm sorry, that, that felt a little too good. Let's say that one more time. Without words, all right. So that they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. Keep on going. When they see the purity, and there's that word reverence, of your life. You see, what we want to do is we want to drag and, you know what, I'm going to... Uh, and we try to make it happen. We try to make it happen. And Jesus is saying, listen, it's not about your expectations. You're trying to change your mate, and you can't do that. The only person that can change him or her is God. So why don't you drop the leash, empty out the expectations box, and let me deal with your mate? You see, some of us, we don't want to drop that leash because that's control. And we want to control. And God's saying, listen, if you're in control, I can't be in control. And if you want what, what, you're, what you so desire is not to be alone and to love unconditionally, then you need to do it my way. And you know what? This is no, there's no formula here. This is no guarantee. Let me say this as well. Because some of you are saying, okay, I'm going to do this, Chris. I'm going to keep all of the, all of the expectations empty, the desires full, and I'm just going to, I'm going to wait and just wait for him or her to see what's in my desires box. It's not a formula, okay? I heard, this, I heard the sermon on Sunday. Tuesday, I applied it. And by Thursday, we're great. It doesn't work like that. 
and there are no guarantees that it will happen. All I'm saying is this, that if you hang on to the leash and you have stuff in this box, it can't happen. You cannot receive unconditional love if you have expectations because it's going to be debt debtor stuff. And the intimacy, the good stuff, that what makes marriage good, the romance, the ooh, is all going to evaporate because it just can't remain when your stuff is here. So as we close, how do you, what do you do with this stuff? I've got desires. I've got wishes. I've got dreams. What do I do with it? I mean, should I just ignore them? The answer is no. God has given you these dreams, wishes, and desires. So what do you do with it? Well, that's next week. All right, you've got to come back next week. We're going to talk about that. What do you do with wishes, dreams, and desires, and especially desires, wishes, and dreams that don't come true? God cares about that. But as we close today, I want to ask you two simple questions. What are you going to do with this? You going to keep stuff in here? What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this? Are you going to keep on hanging on and trying to control and manipulate your spouse? Or are you going to drop it and say, I'm just going to, I'm going to leave the results up to God. He's the only one who can do what I, I desire Him to do. And that's for me and my husband or my wife to experience that God love, that unconditional love that comes straight from Him. As you leave today, you're going to be getting your homework. Um, so uh, I would make sure that you take that. I would make sure that you take that and um, and do that as a couple. Um, uh, that's going to be some fun times and some great memories that you're going to have. So anyway, let's pray and uh, we'll be done. Lord, we love you so much and I thank you so much, Jesus, that you loved us and that you love us unconditionally, that you love us with a love that doesn't have any strings attached to it. You don't love us because we do anything or because we're even lovable, but you love us your word says then that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Lord, I thank you so much that you give us that type of love, that you shower that type of unconditional, you don't owe me anything love. And Lord, I pray that we would be able to do that with our wives and with our husbands. We love you, Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we would love our spouses just as much as grateful as is that feelings we have towards you that we will be able to show them and shower it on them as well. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.